Father's Day, but I, have, I believe I have a message. I want to speak into that, but I believe that all men can glean something from today, from this message called Tender Warriors Becoming the Men God Has Called Us to Be. Younger, old, father or not, future husbands, future father, um, I believe that we can glean something from this message today. I, I want to echo what Barry said. I want to honor the dads in here today. I won't make you stand up again, but we love you and we thank God for you. And uh, this message is not intended to be a dad bashing. Um, I know sometimes we can have Father's Day messages that are hard to hear. This is intended to be a challenge and encouragement to all of us, knowing that we are dads in process. I was going to do that, dads in process with the acronym, but that, that spells dip, so I thought better of that. So, But dads... And fathers and men, we are, we, we are in progress, and we are in process, and God works, us, works with us right where, you're, where we're at. Uh, so Tender Warriors, this title sounds like an oxymoron, Tender and Warrior, and, but I believe from God this is what we are called to be as men, to be tender, to be caring. The Bible talks about in Ephesians 5, treating our, in 1 Peter 3, treating our wives in an understanding way. And Ephesians 5 talks about not frustrating or exasperating our children. So there's that tenderness, the tender side that God has called us to be. But with the tenderness, we're also being called to be warriors, to fight for our families. In Nehemiah, the charge to the men, it says, fight for your brothers and Fight for your families and your wives, your sons and your daughters. And so we are called to be tender warriors. In our culture, the tendency is to swing from one extreme to the next. And either manhood or the warrior part is rejected because harshness was there, abuse was there. Some people hear the word father today and it was, it's a very painful thing and you don't have fond memories and so sometimes we can reject that and we can say, well, I saw a warrior, but I saw it in an abusive way. I saw it in a dictative way. I saw it in a fearful way. And so sometimes men reject the warrior thing and they're just overly tender. They're somewhat even too tender. Or the opposite is true, that all tenderness is weakness and that to be a true man, you don't have any tenderness and you can kind of go to the extreme where you become the dictator or you rule in fear or you're overly harsh. So God, I believe, is calling us today as men to have that balance of being a tender warrior. You know, I love David in the Bible because he did model this. He was somewhat a foreshadowing of Jesus in that he was a shepherd king. He cared. He was tender with his sheep. He was a musician. A lot of times we have this mindset that uh, courageous men's men don't like music or they don't like art or they don't, you know, they, they have to like football and gladiator and that's what it means to be a man. But that's not it at all. David had this ability, you know, he loved music. He loved singing. He wrote psalms. He wrote poetry. And there was a tender side to him, but there was also a warrior side to him. If you read his exploits, he was not a guy to be trifled with. You didn't want to be his enemy. And he knew what it meant to be a warrior. And ultimately today, we're going to look at Jesus as what it means to be a tender warrior because he was the greatest example of this. I love this story. There's a story of a three-year-old girl who was in Sunday school. The teacher asked the kids to draw a picture of God. 
And so the other kids are drawing this, you know, you know, all these little tiny that represent people, and they, you know, drew a big gigantic hand or something, or big, big something, kind of a big head or something that would significant, make it significant that God was way bigger. But the little girl showed hers to the teacher, and it, and it, and the teacher looked at it, and she said, "Well, this looks like a man. This looks just like a, an ordinary man." And the girl responded, "Well, that's a picture of my daddy, and I don't know what God looks like, but I think that he looks like my daddy." What a profound message that is. Men, do our children, do our wives, do our coworkers, do they see God in us? Do they see the work of Christ in us? Do they see the life of Christ being manifest through our lives? Dads, and I heard this quote one time, I thought it was very good. It says, for our kids to see Father in God... They need to see God in their fathers. And so what does it mean to be a godly, tender warrior? What is God looking for us in as men? Some of our men are going through this stepping up class and what it means to step up as a man of, of, of being a man of courage. But this is a call of God for men to step up, to be the men that he has called us to be in their marriages, in their family, their work, among their friends. And I'm starting out with this, uh, and this is a prophetic Christ, kind of a sad passage, and I'm going to kind of parallel it as we look at men today. But God is speaking, and you look at here in Ezekiel 22, 30, and this is God. He said, I look for someone among them who would build up the wall and stand before me in the gap on behalf of the land so I would not have to destroy it. But here's the sad part, but I found no one. But I found no one. God was looking in that day and age for people that would stand in the gap for intercessors. And I think that this can be applied to men, to us as men. God is looking for men who will step up, who will invest in and build their marriages, who will pour into their families, and they will live lives for the kingdom of God. And their church, their home will be places that they make priority. God forbid that that is said of us, that he looks for us as men, and he looks for those who will build up the wall and build up their families, and then he looks and he does not find us ready. So what is God speaking to us as tender warriors? Again, we're going to look at Jesus, who I believe was the ultimate example of this, the ultimate tender warrior, and to follow his, his example and become the man he has called us to be. You look through the Gospels Read the Gospels, see how he operated, and there was times where he was incredibly tender. And he would gravitate to the, the broken, and he would minister to them, and he would stop everything else, and he would minister to one, and he would tenderly and lovingly call them out and minister to them. But we also have him in the temple when they're they're buying and selling and, 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 and they've corrupted the temple of God. And he goes in there and he, as a warrior, turns the tables over and he takes a whip and he says, my father's house should be called a house of prayer. You've turned it into a den of thieves and you see fire in his eyes and you see over and over through the gospels this tender warrior of Jesus. And so we're going to look at him as we go through what it means to be a tender warrior. Number one is this, tender warriors lead courageously. Like Jesus, tender warriors lead courageously. 
This is a metaphor of Jesus as the shepherd. The shepherd, Jesus calls his own sheep, John 10, by name, and he leads them out. His sheep follow him because they know his voice. Jesus said he was the good shepherd, and he's using this of himself. And I love that because it says that he leads his sheep, and his sheep know him because they know his voice. That word know there indicates intimacy and relationship. And so Jesus, as this tender, loving shepherd, knows how to lead courageously. And you see him leading. He hears from the Father, and then he leads courageously all throughout his life, his earthly life. That's why there was times where he had to do the unpopular thing. There was times when he would stand up to the religious system of the day. And he would rebuke them, but he was going to lead and he was going to set an example to his disciples and us as his followers what it means to lead courageously. But here's the thing, it's not just us blindly following, he wants to know us. If we don't get that part, we miss all of it because Jesus wants relationship, intimacy, to know him. And as we know him, we'll know what he's saying, we'll know what he's doing. Men, as you lead tenderly, that place of intimacy, loving God and then loving others, loving God and then loving my wife, loving God and loving my children, loving God, loving those around me, loving God, loving my coworkers and leading. As a man, we, as men, we were created to lead and lead as tender warriors. So whether you are married or not, have a family or not, men have a sphere of influence in their lives. And let me say this, leadership doesn't necessarily mean that you're in charge of something or someone. So you could be a single man and you could be the lowest position at work, but in the kingdom of God you are a leader because you lead in your sphere of influence. Men that are married, who have families, you are a leader in your marriage and in your family. This was God's divine plan. We're called to lead by example, first of all. Leading by example. Your life and how you live and respond are your greatest communication on how you lead. More than your words, it's do you lead by example. We lead also by being engaged, being engaged in the lives of those around us, being engaged in the life of our wives, our children. It's easy for men just to work hard, and when things get tough, we can run into those little places where we find our own comfort, and we disengage, but we're called to lead by example and to lead by being engaged in the lives of those around us, called to lead by being present, by being there. Not just being physically there. Some people have that testimony. You know, your dad was around, but he wasn't there. And you know what that means. We're called to be present. Even when it's uncomfortable to talk to my teenage daughter about things that might be foreign to me. Or maybe my dad was not a very good example and now I have to learn it. That's where, guys, you have to humble yourself. And men have the hardest time humbling themselves. If you are in a place where you're trying to lead and you are in uncharted waters, that's where we need accountability. We need to run to people and humbly say, I need your prayer. I I, I need need to ask for some advice here. I need to humble myself and go to somebody that maybe has lived the life or gone through some things. 
say, what was that like? How did you deal with that? It takes humility. And there's not, no shame in humbling ourselves. God exalts those who humble themselves. But being present. Dad, sometimes one of the holiest things that you can do for your kids is to tell them no. Kids, don't look at me like that. Is to say no, and sometimes you'll have to sit down and lovingly tell them why or process with them. Maybe they won't get it, but you have to say no to your daughters that say, you know what, honey, because I love you, and I know culture says that that's in style, but I'm not going to let you go out dressed like that because I love you and you're too valuable. Doesn't it break your heart when you see you're, you know, you're out and about and you see some of these young girls, 13, 14, and my first question is you see and you go, where is their dad at? Where, where's the dad that would say, honey, I love you, and let me, let me, just let me know, you are too valuable. We're going to get you a different wardrobe. Son, you are too valuable to waste your life on that or to give your life to that, you are way too valuable. I'm going to help you say no, and I'm going to step in and walk with you through this. To be engaged, to be present. And for some guys, that's very difficult. But you lead by stepping up every day. You lead by delivering on your promises. You lead by setting the spiritual tone of your home. As Joshua said, when he declared over the people, and he said, you know, are you guys going to follow God or not? And they said, yeah. And he said, let me let you know, as for me and my house, we are going to serve the Lord. And dads, you have that ability to say, as for me and my house, we are going to serve the Lord. A godly, tender warrior doesn't lead by dictatorship or fear, but love, humility, yes, boldness and passion, but without pride and arrogance. See, because some of, the, some of the culture says that, Dad, you just need to be their buddy, and, be, and we have buddy dad. And it's okay to be their buddy sometimes. They need a buddy sometimes. But the problem is, is when we just completely become the buddy, and we're just hanging out with them, and we're, just, we're not there to give them direction, and we, 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 we you know, don't want to overmold them, and you know, we want to just kind of stand off, and let's be, just be their buddy. And some days they're going to need a buddy, but they need a dad. They need somebody that's going to step in and lead. Or the cool friend dad. You know, and I, I don't want to be overbearing to my kids and I want to be cool and I want their friends to all think I'm cool. And it's great that their friends think you're cool. But sometimes you have to stamp in and say, you know what? Cool is out the door today and I'm going to be wearing my sandals with socks and we're going to throw down for a little while because I need to talk to you because I love you. Or super dad. We just kind of swoop in when things are really bad. And then we swoop out when we get everything okay. And that's really easy. Is, is, sometimes that can be very easy. Is all right, We're at a crisis point. Dad comes in and kind of fixes everything because we love to fix, don't we, dads? Come on, guys. We love to fix. But sometimes we have to get our hands off and be engaged day to day, every day, and not just be super dad and fly in and fly out. Because we set the tone of our home. If you repent, dads, they're going to learn what repentance means. 
If you look at your kids and one of the most humbling things that you can say to your kids or your wife is to say, I'm sorry, they're going to learn to say that as well. When you're walking in peace and your home is peace because of you, then everybody else walks in peace. Or does your family walk on eggshells around you because they don't, they're afraid they're going to trigger that, that button that's going to set you off? And this is, how, this is all how we lead courageously. Again, courage is not just braveheart or gladiator. Courage is sitting down and having a conversation that you're afraid to have with your kids or your wife. So as Jesus, tender warriors lead courageously. Number two, like Jesus, a tender warrior protects bravely. Going back to David's example, I love this from 1 Samuel 17. He's, a, he's trying to talk to Saul about fighting Goliath. You guys remember that exchange and Saul was saying, you know, you're just a kid, you know, the, here try my armor, the armor didn't fit. And, and so David's trying to tell him, I'm, 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 I'm a capable warrior. And then 1 Samuel 17 is up on the screen, said, but David said to Saul, your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or bear came and carried off his sheep from the flock, I went after it, I struck it and rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by its hair, struck it and killed it. Your servant has killed both lion and bear. Do not call David a wimp because he wrote poetry. I don't know about you, but that's not the normal thing that you do when a lion turns on you, is to grab it and kill it. But David, in the mindset of saying, I am a tender shepherd and I love my sheep, and Jesus as the great shepherd, I love my sheep, he sa David says, I will not let these predators come and take out my sheep. I'm going to protect them. And he did it bravely. He saw danger coming, and he went into action. Men, do you discern danger that is coming into your own life or the lives of your family? Do you discern when predators are trying to take out your children or your marriage? Those things that would destroy? And you cannot do it if you are passive. We have to reject passivity as we protect bravely. Now, come on, men. I got, I got, to, I got, to, I got to find out from you, you know, because some of these Braveheart guys, I need, to, I need to just ask you, who would be willing to die for their family? Come on, men. You, you know, you would step in, and, and I believe that. I absolutely believe that, that you would be willing to die for your family. Because, I mean, I think that we just kind of go into, like, automatic pilot when something like that, in the midst of physical danger, we would do that. But let me ask you a question. Would you be willing to live to protect the ones that you love? What do I mean by that? And it ties in with the other one. It's being present and aware and rejecting passivity. In some ways, it would almost be easier to step into physical danger and lay your life down on the line. But would you be willing to live for them in such a way as to protect them from influences that would destroy them or lead them down the wrong path? Are you willing to step up and step into the lives of your family members and value and guard them? Sometimes with tough love, not harshness, but as tender warriors. And to live for them. 
men are you willing to live for those around, around your family that you would set the spiritual example by praying? Like Carrie was talking about earlier, reading the word and having a relationship with Jesus. That's, that's laying your life down on the line every single day. And instead of jumping in front of a bullet, are we willing to hit our knees every morning and, and intercede for our family and fight for them in prayer and get into the word and become more like Jesus and saying, I will run to the Lord and I will have a relationship with Jesus every day of my life. That's what it means to live for them. Are you willing to live to reject lust in your own lives so that it doesn't come into your home or the lives of your family members? And this goes back to courageously leading by examples because we can say, do this or do that, or don't do this or don't do that, but if we're not living it out ourselves, we're inviting attack. Because the enemy just looks for opportunity. If you open the door this much with the enemy, he's coming into your home. And we have to close those areas out. Are our family members open to the attacks that we men have let in? There's two incredibly sad stories that I reference here. I don't have the full text. Some of you would be familiar with it. Anytime I read it, as I go through the one-year Bible, they, these two stories absolutely grieve me as a dad. It just disgusts me. It makes me angry every time I read it. The first one, Genesis 19, they're very similar. And you'll, you'll see what I mean by it. In, in Genesis 19, you know, Lot is living in Sodom. Sodom is a very wicked city, and God has said, I'm going to destroy that city because of the wickedness there. And so these angels, these warrior angels come into Sodom, and Lot takes them into his home, he, and he says, you know, don't... Don't, don't live out in the, don't stay out in the city square. The, the, the men here are very wicked, very vile. And he said, come into my home. So they come in the home in the middle of the night. The men of the city, they, I won't get too graphic here because they're kids, but they're pounding on the door and they're basically saying, those, those angels, those men that were, and they didn't know they were angels, but those men that are staying with you, let us have them so that we can have our way with them. What is Lot's response? He does, it's so interesting because he could say, these are angels. I think he would just say, I'd like to see you try. That's what I wished his response would have been. I'd like to see you try that. What does he say? Don't mess with these men. Here, I have two virgin daughters. Do with them what you want. That does, does that not disturb you? So we have the angels, and that doesn't happen, but they step in and they blind the men of the city. And every time I read that, it just, it just makes me sick that he would even think to do that. Here are my daughters. I'll read the text. Lot went outside to meet him and shut the door behind him and said, No, my friends, don't do this wicked thing. Look, I have two daughters who have never slept with a man. Let me bring them out to you, and you can do what you like with them. But don't do anything to these men, for they have come under the protection of my roof. I'm thinking, what about the protection under your roof for your daughters? Judges 19 has a similar story. 
It's a Levite man. He has a concubine, and he goes into Gibeah. Gibeah, it's a very similar story. He goes into Gibeah. This older man takes him in and protects him. The men of the town come. It's a very, very similar story. And he says to them, he goes, leave Leave this older man alone. This was a prophet. He said, leave the prophet alone. He said, the prophet has a concubine, and I have a virgin daughter. You can do with him what you want. Verse 23, Judges 19, the owner of the house went inside and said to them, no, my friends, don't be so vile since this man is a guest. Don't do this outrageous thing. Look, here's my virgin daughter and his concubine. I will bring them out to you now, and you can use them and do whatever you wish. But as for this man, don't do such an outrageous thing. Don't you just want to punch that guy? Tenderness goes out the door for me when I read about these guys. Because these are vile, unbelievable stories that, that, that gnaw at me every time I read them. And I've, I've thought before, I'd never would have even thought of doing that. And as men, just like we would, we would throw ourselves in front of an oncoming train for our families, and we would vow never to let anything like that happen. However, are we guarding what comes into our homes Men, are we guarding what comes into our homes? Because I've been very convicted by that story too. Because if we let things come into our homes that the enemy has access to, we are as guilty. It's like saying when we view pornography or we're bringing un- movies that we should not be bringing in that, 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 that are vile in nature or whatever we would be bringing into our homes. It's like saying... Enemy, have your way with my family and my kids. They are out here for you to attack. And so I've been very convicted by that story in my own life. But we must reject passivity and we must protect bravely and godly. Men, if you bring things into your home, don't be shocked that your kids begin to fight battles that you thought, what is going on? That we need to look at our own hearts. Be there. Be present. Don't just be physically there. Don't abandon nor neglect. Be there emotionally. Be there spiritually. Unmarried men, live out that example for those around you. Prepare for your own marriage and your own family. Set the tone now. And guys, fight bravely. Intercede and let it begin with us. Number three, like Jesus, a tender warrior loves sacrificially. A tender warrior loves sacrificially. Jesus said this in John 10. He said, and going along with the, uh, the, the metaphor, he says, I'm the good shepherd, and the good shepherd lays his life down for the sheep. Jesus doesn't just love us in theory. He doesn't just love us with words. He proved his love for us by giving his life sacrificially. And then his command to us in John 15, he says this, my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down his, one's life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. So Jesus modeled it. 
And he loved us sacrificially. And now he's saying, and you could even change the, the wording here. So my command is this, love your family, love your wife, love your kids as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, than a man lays down his life for his family. And Jesus said, you're my friends if you do what I command. You're my friends. If you live this way, you are my friends. And this was his ultimate example of what it means to be a godly leader. A tender warrior. And Jesus loved us so much that he laid down his life so that we could have life. You're talking about brave. You're talking about courageous. And as he was facing it, it was very difficult. You see him in the garden and he's sweating drops of blood because it says that his, he was in turmoil over what was about to happen. And more than the physical pain of the cross, more than the scourging that he was going to get, he was taking your sins and my sins upon himself. He was going to become sin itself and he was going to embody sinfulness of the whole world. You're talking about a leader. Say, I'm willing to take upon this and, and, and lead by giving my life. The greatest example of sacrifice, giving up everything. Giving up everything. As men, we're called to lay our lives down every day. Jesus said, if you want to be my follower, take up your cross daily and follow me. That means laying our lives down. That's why Paul says this about husbands in Ephesians 5. Husbands, love your wives like Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. He says, men, I'm asking you to, to, to die to yourself every day. And we're called to sacrifice for those we love. You know, sacrifice, I heard a, somebody say this once, this is sacrifice means this, that we give up something we love for something we love even more. Isn't that good? Sacrifice is to give up something that we love for something that we love even more. And Jesus was the greatest example of that. He gave up his life for something he loved even more than his own life. And what was that? You and me. He loved us more than his own life. He gave up something that he loved for something that he loved even more. He gave up his life for us. Men, today, what would God call you to sacrifice for the ones that you love? What is he speaking to your heart today? And maybe he's been speaking it for some time, and today you just have to have the, 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 make that courage, courageous step and say, I'm going to do it. I love also what it says in Ephesians, it says that we are to love our wives like our own bodies. And Paul knew, he, he knew all about men when he said that. Husbands, love your wives like you love your own bodies. Because you know why? We love ourselves. We love comfort. We love pleasure. We love play. Some guys love work so much and they escape into work. But what would God have you sacrifice for those whom you love? Early on in my marriage, and I'm going to kind of tell on myself a little bit here, but I was addicted to sports. I mean, I, I still love sports, but I had, I had an addiction to sports. Um, I was literally, when we were, first got married, I, it would go from, starting in January, it was, it was men's league basketball, 
in Tennessee, we could play like sport. You could play outside in February and March too. So I know that people are like, really? You, got, you went outside during that time? Yeah, we, we played sports. And, and so as winter men's league basketball flows into, you know, tennis stuff and flows into church league softball in the spring, which flowed into industrial league softball in the summer, which flowed into open league softball in the fall, which when that was done, it's time for basketball again. And Athena and I were talking about this the other day. I said, yeah, you know, and I was, I couldn't believe what I was doing. She said, and you were watching it too. <laughs> just, just let me know. You were watching it on TV, you know, and then it didn't matter. I mean, it's not even that, that special of a game. And I'm watching, and I, 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 I've said this before, and, and you baseball lovers, don't be hating on me, but I would just watch like baseball games that really didn't matter. There are 162 baseball games. Each team plays 162 games. That's way too many games. Let's just go ahead and stop right now. They need to to cut the season in half, my opinion. But, you know, you'd have teams that are like, you know, they're like 25 and 73. That's their record. Versus another team that's like 30 and, you know, 60-something. I would watch that game. And, And I'm not a fan of either team. It's diehard fans, you know, your team can be 2-20, and 20 and you're like, come on, guys, let's do this. And you're thinking about next year. And I would watch these games that didn't matter, you know, ESPN, sports. I was just addicted, and I had this unhealthy addiction to sports. And God began to deal with me very, very strongly. And, uh, you know, we were young, married, and then had two little kids, and and it was time to put something on the altar and let it die. And now, guys, that does not mean that you have to completely give it up altogether. Unless God says that, this was just an unhealthy thing that was going on in my life. Look at those things. It might be something different for you. Yours might be to give time to your family, to your kids. It, it might be to, to listen in a meaningful way, to have conversation That freaks some guys out. It might be tasks that you do not feel like doing, and then you know God wants you to do it. But I found this about sacrifice. If you're trying to find an easy sacrifice, that's probably not what God's calling you to do. Sacrifice means death. Because a lot of times we find something to sacrifice. Well, I'll do that because I don't mind doing it. Well, that's probably not sacrifice. Do those things too. But sacrifice. Lay your life down. Lay your life down. It might be engaging in a relationship with one of your family members that you've neglected and, and you've never done before. And you say, it's time for this to change. It might be to begin to be accountable to someone. Maybe you've kind of lived kind of a lone ranger and it's time you know, to plug into the body of Christ and say, you know, I need to get men, godly men, and I need to be humble enough to ask for help and I need to be humble enough to say, I need to be held accountable. And for guys, that's hard. But you will be as accountable as you want to be. And that might be the sacrifice to say it's time for me to stop playing Lone Ranger and get plugged in and to connect with the body of Christ and with, with godly men around me. What's God speaking to you? Sacrifice, it's giving up something you love for something you love even more. 
So a tender warrior leads courageously like Jesus. A tender warrior protects bravely like Jesus. And a tender warrior loves sacrificially like Jesus. He was tender. He was caring. He was compassionate. He was loving. He was kind, but he was also a warrior. And he defended those around him. He stood up to the religious structure of the day, and he did not mind engaging people in a hard way. He did not mind looking at his disciples and coaching them and giving them a hard word when they needed it. Because ultimately, as he loved them as much when he put his arm around them and and he had a tender moment and he loved them equally when he said, you unbelieving generation, how how long do I have to put up with you? Peter, he says, you know, you have, the, you have the mindset of man. Get behind me, Satan, when Peter's, you know, going to rebuke Jesus and say, no, you're not going to die. And Jesus coaches him and say, you don't have a clue what you're talking about. And you're going to deny me. And, oh, no, I won't. Yes, you will. You're going to deny me. And then later on, we have the tender side of Christ coming out and restoring Peter when he meets with him. And he says, do you love me, Peter? And he puts his arm around him and he restores him back to ministry. Tender warrior. And ultimately, out of his love for you and me, he went to the cross. And the most manly warrior thing that I could even imagine that he would do, and he did it for us. He fought against death. He fought against sin itself for you and for me. So men, Jesus is inviting us today to be tender warriors. Let this be an encouragement to you today. Again, guys, your dips. Your dad's in process like me. I'm a dip. Maybe that's the word for the day. Pat a guy, you're a dip like me. We're dads in process. And God is not saying, get it all together today. He's saying, take a step. Go in the right direction. Sacrifice something. Do something different than what you were doing. And walk with me because Jesus in his love, he wants to walk with you in the process at the very beginning of this. That first scripture says that my sheep would know me. Jesus wants to know you. He wants to do it in relationship with you. Because to be a tender warrior like Jesus, you won't be able to do it without him. I love how he sets up the kingdom. He says, here's the kingdom, here's the promises, here's the benefits. And guess what? You can't have any of it unless you do it with me because I've created you to have friendship and life with me. He created us to need him desperately, not need a part of him, not need him once a week, but need him every single day. That's why he says you got to take up your cross daily. And we become tender warriors by surrendering our lives to him, saying, Jesus, please live in and through me. Let the life of Christ be manifest in me that I would become more like Christ. And then he leads you. And then you lead your family and you lead your marriage and you lead those around you and you lead by example. Receive him. Reject passivity. Reject lust and those things that will come into your family to destroy and kill and fight bravely and courageously. And you will need him every day to do it. Let's pray. God, thank you for this day. Thank you again for the men here, Lord, whether they're married, single, old, young. 
Lord, you are working in us and through us to make us more like you. And I pray today, God, that you would speak to our hearts, that we would receive your word, receive what you're speaking, receive what you're doing in and through us, that we would become more like Christ. We would let the life of Jesus manifest in us and through us to become tender warriors for the kingdom, to advance the kingdom, to advance the kingdom in our own lives, to advance the kingdom in our families and our marriages. Lord, I pray for those today who are, Lord, in a season maybe where they're hurting and maybe some of this just made them a little more raw today, Lord, and that was not the intent, but Lord, it was to help us realize our deep need of you. I pray that you would heal men's hearts where they've been wounded. Heal men's hearts where maybe there was abuse in their own life, neglect in their own life, a a, a dad who was never there, and they feel like now they're just learning things as they go, and it feels a lot like trial and error and a whole lot of error and not that much trial and, 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 and God that you would just walk with them touch them touch the marriages that are represented touch the families and Lord God help us to lead courageously protect bravely love sacrificially and become everything that you've called us to be Lord we love you and we praise you it's in your name we pray God bless you today. Have an awesome, awesome day and an awesome week.